you are listening to Agriculture, a podcast that interviews a range of inspirational people from the farming community with a whole host of interesting tales to tell. Coming up in today's episode. You know, people that we've got involved in the steering group of Farmstrong come from various different backgrounds, but we're all really passionate about, about this space and actually making sure we make a difference. We take this opportunity as a small steering group to make a difference to our industry that will be there for years to come. We'll make a, a cultural change so that you're know, going forward, people from lots of different backgrounds, everybody has well-being. Well-being affects us all. I'm Mary Jane Laurie and in this episode I'm joined by John Scott and Jock Gibson. John is the chairman and Jock is on the steering group for Farmstrong Scotland, a new initiative which is inspired by Farmstrong New Zealand. John and Jock tell us what Farmstrong Scotland is, what well-being means to them, and give examples of how they implement Farmstrong's five steps to well-being. Hi, John and Jock. Thank you for joining us today. I'll start with you, John. Can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us about your background in farming. My name is John Scott. I'm a sheep, beef and cereal farmer based near Tain in the Scottish Highlands. I've lived here all my life. I'm lucky to be the fourth generation farmer at Fern, and hopefully we've got a, a next generation coming behind us. Yeah, I'm chairman of Farmstrong Scotland and have been since the start, which I'm sure we'll come on to later on. Jock, would you like to introduce yourself to? Yeah, I'm Jock Gibson and I farm at Edinvale Farm in Dallas, just across the Murray Firth from John. And we also have a butcher's shop in Forest. I consider myself to be a one and a half generation farmer here. Um, we took on the farm about eight years ago and I'm one of the steering group members for Farmstrong Scotland. So we are here today to talk about Farmstrong Scotland, which is a new initiative to us here in Scotland, but started over in New Zealand initially. And many of our listeners will have been aware of the Mark Gascoigne tour that went on, I think it was last year. But for those of us that haven't heard of Farmstrong or any of our listeners that haven't heard of Farmstrong, can you tell us what it is? How did it evolve from New Zealand and why have we taken it on in this country? Farmstrong Scotland the seed was sown in late 2018 when we had a man called Doug Avery across to talk about the resilient farmer. He was talking about his journey and his challenges with mental health. And he did a tour around Scotland and over 2000 people came to, to hear him. And it was, he made us laugh. He made us cry. He was a real roller coaster of emotions with Doug. And it was, he was actually really inspirational. And then the final wash up meeting with Doug in Edinburgh with three of us had sort of organized things with, Doug coming across, we said to him, well, what should we do next? You know, what's the next stage? We were very aware that we couldn't just leave it at that. And he said, go and have a look at Farmstrong in New Zealand. And we did. We went online and we, we got in touch with them and met another inspirational Kiwi, a man called Gerard Vaughan, who's the programme director for Farmstrong in New Zealand. And he's now been over here a couple of times helping us set Farmstrong up and get Farmstrong going. And when we looked at what was happening in New Zealand and the impact that it had there in terms of farmers' well-being, it was massive. It was a game changer. It was different. And there's nothing else like that over here. So we've just gone through the steps. We're following a blueprint that New Zealand have laid out and developed and working with them, getting support from them to actually create Farmstrong Scotland. I think that's pretty, pretty comprehensive. From a farmer's point of view, it's an exciting program. It helps give the tools and the support that you need to really look after your, your well-being you know, looking after the most important assets on your farm, which is yourself and your your family and the people that are involved in that business. It's a really positive program. 
that can make a real difference in Scotland. So when you're talking about well-being there, what does well-being mean to you, Jock? What is good well-being? For me, well-being is looking at the the positive aspects of of how we perform and it it can impact on everything to how well are we sleeping to how well are we eating how much exercise are we getting and it's it's looking at those steps that we can take so that we're we're acting in a in a positive way farmstrong talks about the the five steps to well-being and that includes being active, learning, taking notice. And these steps help keep us all operating at the, the best level that we can be so that, that we're acting in a way that is beneficial primarily to our families, but to our businesses as well, our livestock. We're a bit more resilient to the, a lot of the challenges that come across in agriculture at the moment. And we're also able to take the opportunities that are available to us as well. Um, and we're a bit more open-minded to, to what's out there for us. So I was, I was reading about the five steps to well-being, which I've got down here is connect, give, take notice, keep learning and be active. So you've touched on a couple of those there, but can either of you give me specific examples of what those five steps to well-being mean to you and what can farmers practically do to start implementing these five steps? I think going back to, to the question about well-being, what it means to us and for me, it's getting myself in the right place so I can make really good decisions about life and about my business. And linking to the five steps to well-being, I give a lot. I maybe give too much at times. So there's the finding the, the optimum in terms of what's sensible in terms of giving. Um, I'm involved in the local rugby club. I get a lot from that, being there and, and, and helping. And you know, Just even going in behind the bar and... and and getting the crap of people is good for me. Whereas I'm actually giving, that process of giving is actually therapeutic for me. I know myself if I, in a regular swim gym routine throughout the course of a week, I'm in a better place. By the time I get to Friday, I'm less fatigued. I'm, I'm fresher and, and ready to tackle the challenges that, to be honest, at the moment in our industry are coming from, from multiple angles. And I don't know if actually over the course of time whether that's ever been any different. There's always been challenges in in agriculture, but it's just about picking up little tips and tricks and cultures and habits from others, other sort of peer-to-peer learning, learning from others to help ourselves look after ourselves more. I think I'm pretty good at farming. I'd like to think we're we're on top of our game. We're making a good job of managing grass and growing crops and growing livestock, and we're pretty on it. But I know at times I don't prioritise looking after myself like I prioritise looking after my animals and my crops. So it's just changing that culture so that looking after the farm's number one asset, whether it's the farmer or the farm workers and that team, if I like in our scenario, we've got a team of people here making sure we're in the right place. And we're not there yet. You know, Jock and I are involved in this programme and involved in getting it going. We're never not going to be learning about how we can look after ourselves better and and our teams better it's that's one of the great things about farmstrong that learning element you're always learning about how to how to do things in a different way and i think the maximum is not sustainable but optimum in terms of you looking after your well-being is is where you need to be except you're going to have days where you're maybe a little bit got less energy but less fusion maybe maybe a bit flatter about life 
but that's okay because you need those quieter days and, and just be able to to say yep well that's all right i know what to do now to to lift myself up again and get myself firing full cylinders for a while i think what you were saying there about giving time to so in your instance to the local rugby club that's almost ticking two of those well-being steps isn't it because you're connecting there and I think what you were saying there about feeling bombarded at the moment a lot of farmers and things haven't changed I think the way we connect has changed in recent decades because of social media and it's easy to feel like you're involved with other people but a lot of farmers listening will be working on their own and it is quite an isolating job and they don't have that team around them so if there's an opportunity out there for people to volunteer and give time but also allows them to connect I think that's a great example of how people can sort of tick two of those things they've got the social aspect of the rugby club but you're also volunteering time which makes you feel good as well but that was a great example and Jock what about you is there is there ways that you give well obviously you're helping out with Farm Strong Scotland yeah so helping out with Farm Strong Scotland and that's um you know that's been massive for me because it's also process of learning because in the process of you know playing the wee bit and trying to get this going you are learning more about what we can do to look after our well-being but it's learning doesn't stop there it's it's learning about how we can farm differently or adapt how we're doing or even something completely different you know but by making the time to learn about something that interests you which is completely away from agriculture at the moment i'm in a situation where i can't be as active as i'd like to because i've torn the meniscus in my knee so um i'm struggling to to do all the things that i would normally do in terms of trying to keep a level of fitness and things like that so it's now for me it's more important to try and concentrate on those other aspects that i can do to make sure that the inability to do something isn't affecting me adversely too much yeah i think that that that's interesting and and focusing on the other things it might be at times like that that you feel frustrated but if you focus on the other aspects then that can help help your mental well-being yeah so, you feel massively frustrated you know you're trying to trying to get around the farm and um just do things and you you just can't operate at that at that level so you, you know i'm conscious that that can knock me for six sometimes mm-hmm. um, because you have that underlying level of frustration. You might just be a bit more snappy at people, which isn't fair on anybody. So it's it's trying to, you know, look at those other things. You know, pick up the phone and give it give a shout to to a mate. You know, the there's there's not often a day or a week that John and I aren't on the phone to each other about about something, and that's. That's been really important, I think, for both of us is just having that that ability to connect with each other. I think that the, the, an interesting question there about, you know, farmers operating in isolation. You, you don't have to be working on your own to feel alone. Yeah. You can be a part of a team and still feel alone. And it's how you, you adapt and work with that. And for me, you know, I, I might be feeling the pressures and carrying the pressures of the of the business on, on myself and and. Um, Fiona's shoulders and it's how we as a, a farming couple that run a business together support each other but also support the team but make sure the team know that you know sometimes we aren't going to be at 100% or or even 90% if 100% is not achievable um, longer term so it's just knowing how to yeah just know how to get yourself 
out to a challenging spot in terms of if you are feeling a bit lonely. Jock's mentioned we phone each other and I'll, I'll have other friends we speak to um, on a regular basis. But I think I'm not sure that COVID has helped and we're maybe not as an industry as outgoing as we were. Hopefully we're getting there now. Monitor farms and, and connecting, taking notice and learning. So Monitor Farms are a classic example of something that over the years has been really good for that. Other industry events or other things that happen. It's getting up in the morning and thinking, ah, oh, I'll just stick to what I was doing. I'll just go and feed those cows and, and then I'll just spend the day roguing wild oats or in the office. But actually, I'm going to make the effort to go that hour down the road to that event that's on, that's going to be on between 10 and 3. I'm not maybe what, I might learn something. I might learn quite a lot. But actually, I'm getting that connection with other people and I might learn as much from them. And one of these... The great things about Farmstrong at the moment for those of us that have been involved to date in the early stages of getting it going and, and the others that are coming and learning more, uh, that learning process is unbelievable in terms of what we're learning. I didn't realise that by going to the rugby club all of these years, a, firstly to play and then to volunteer and get involved was really, really important for me. So being able to pass that to the next generation and say, well, yeah, James, you want to go to the rugby training tonight? We're maybe busy a really busy week on work-wise and I've got boys that play rugby, James and Archie. Well, actually, we need to make sure we, we get those guys away to training because it's very important for them to be there from a well-being point of view. So prioritising the week, prioritising our team in the week to make sure they're, they're in the right place so when they are at work, they can achieve the optimum and, and have happier lives. I think that's a good example of of you leading the way and showing your sons how to have those healthy habits. And I think in a lot of farming families, there will be the pressure possibly from older generations to, or, or you know, a, a feeling that you need to prove yourself. But it sounds like you're setting your boys up to have that in their, the back of their mind that it is important to get away for connection and physical exercise and just to get a bit of headspace. And just on that, I hear about situations where boys and girls are coming home from maybe not even get to university, but maybe coming home from university and go straight home because they're, they're needed at home. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at home for a long time. That is the time, surely, that they need to be going out and seeing the world, going and travelling if they can, and, and going and learning, even other parts of the UK and Scotland, to learn and, and learn about themselves, if, if nothing else. It's so important that we encourage that generation to go and have a look around a little bit and learn and then come back. And even if they are at home, when they are at home, keep going out, whether it's even just day trips out to connect and learn from other things and other people, really important. And you said you're part of a fourth generation family, John. Did you have that opportunity for yourself when you left school? Did you get that time to yourself to go and explore? It was really interesting in our scenario because my grandfather had handed over to my dad when he was 24. By the time I was sort of 17, 18, dad was letting me get involved quite a bit in terms of buying stock. Mm-hmm. So I went away at 21 and came. I was desperate to get home. My friends all had a, a book running on how whether I'd come home early. We were myself and Fiona went for six and a half months. And in hindsight, it would have been a good idea to stay longer. We could have stayed longer. It wouldn't have been a problem. But I was desperate to come home and get involved. And we were really lucky. We got the chance to take the farm on and start running. And by late 20s, we were, were running the business and we've grown the business. And we're now at a stage that James is similar age to me when I was traveling he's been away for nine months he's come home for a while but I think he maybe go again mm-hmm. and as much as I'd love to have him here all year round and really getting stuck in he is taking starting to take a bit of responsibility and quite a lot of responsibility the genetic side of things 
it's important that they can go and do these trips as he's growing up because I think having employed a lot of New Zealand travellers over the years, you're a bit like a sponge when you're in your 23 to 26 stage. You'll maybe take on more than you might do from that 19 to 22 stage. But everyone's different. So, yeah, it really encouraged next generation to get away. I was very lucky I got that chance. So we'll do that for the next generation here too. Jock took a different path when he left school and university and went in a different direction. I think his his journey is really interesting for me and in that he's come to farming a little bit later and it's a different perspective. So I'd like to hear that, John. You know, I was never destined to come into farming. It was always, it was a first generation business and um, it was, you know, the premise was that, you know, been started by dad and grandparents and would finish with them if that's what they decided they wanted to do. Um, so I went away and tried to be an engineer um, and a couple of university degrees and a couple of professional jobs. And I eventually came back home to run our butchery when that would have been back in about 2007. I'd been doing that for about eight years. And then we were in a position where both parents died in, in fairly quick succession. It was certainly dad was not expected at all. And we suddenly found ourselves in a position where we had to decide whether to run a farm or not. We came into it with a very different perspective, I think. But we equally, we, we took over the farm in pretty difficult circumstances. And if it's slightly off topic, but if ever there's a if ever there's a reason for succession planning, this is maybe it. Um, you know, we took on a farm with frozen bank accounts, with you know livestock needing fair bills that needed to be paid, and it was it was quite a challenging time, and that really tests your well-being. It tests your friendship groups, your family groups that you have, and knowing now what I do, I would have maybe approached that slightly differently. Equally, in moving into this industry, I have got to meet amazing people. And I wouldn't have the outlook that I do now, having not gone through that process. And that's, that's the key thing for me for Farmstrong is just that ability to maybe raise your resilience levels and just you know life is not going to be a bed of roses all the way through far from it and we can't change that but what we can change and what we can look at is how we deal with those difficult situations and how we interact with other people to help us get through those difficult situations as well that sounds like an incredibly difficult time and as you say, succession planning can help with some of that. You maybe wouldn't have had such a tricky time with the business, but obviously dealing with grief at the same time as trying to run a business, I think anybody would agree, is just a very difficult thing to have to do, especially in farming, which basically doesn't stop, does it? It's 24-7 being immersed in that business suddenly while still having your own job, presumably at the butchery and things. That sounds like there was a lot of pressure at that time. Yeah, and you know, in very close succession, you you lose your your parents which is you know is one of the most difficult things especially when they're young and it's it's not expected 
but you actually lose employees. You know, they weren't sitting around all day twiddling their thumbs doing nothing. So all of a sudden there's a workload to pick up there. There's a knowledge bank that you've lost. So yeah, it is, there's quite a few challenges in that, but it's how you, how you try and work through those things and, you know, being able to speak to people and, you know, who've maybe gone through a similar experience was, was massive. And, you know, people that you can pick up the phone and just go ask the daft laddie questions. I haven't a clue what I'm doing. And, you know, just that, that support is really, really helpful, but you need those connections to, to be able to do that. And did you find that more difficult then coming in from a slightly different industry, maybe not knowing the farming connections in the same way, or did you very quickly feel sort of immersed in the farming community? At the time I was, I was lucky because I was sitting on a board, I was sitting on a board as a butcher, but it, there was a table of farmers around it. So that very quickly became a, a very valuable support network. And, you know, thankfully got very good neighbours as well, who uh, are not backward in coming forward when <laughs> they think that you're, you're not getting something quite right. But it, no, I mean, it was, there was a massive amount of support there in that, in that first six months to, to a year of just people that you could, you could say, ask the daft laddie questions to. And there was no prejudice there. It was out of um, a position of wanting to support. So then going back to sort of the farm strong principles of connection, then having been through that yourself, for anyone listening that maybe has a friend or family member going through something differently, is there any advice you could give to people to support them? I, I think it's absolutely, you know, trying to speak to people who may not have the answers, may not be able to help, but might be able to point you in the in the right direction. Because one of the things with all of this is whilst some situations might feel pretty unique, there's probably somebody else who's been through a pretty similar situation at some point in their, yeah. in their time or, or know of people. And so it is, it's just trying to reach out and trying to get that support equally for people who are seeing people go through a tough time is, you know, knocking on the door or lifting up the phone and just saying, are you all right? Is there anything that that we can do to to help? You know, maybe get them off the farm for a morning to take them for a cup of coffee, just to get them out of the mire a wee bit as well. And John, from your side of things, did you know Jock when he was going through this? I was on the same board, and I find it inspirational. I think the fact that you know Jock's now giving back, and and people, you know, people that we've got involved in the steering group at Farmstone come from various different backgrounds. But we're all really passionate about about this space and actually making sure we make a difference. We take this opportunity as a small steering group to make a difference to our industry that will be there for years to come. We'll make a, a cultural change so that you know going forward, people from lots of different backgrounds, everybody has well-being. Well-being affects us all. We've all got varying levels of it. So no matter what background you come from in our industry, you need to get something from this. You might be a, an agricultural sales rep going up a farm road and just being able to go and drop a leaflet off and, and when, you, when you're a wee bit worried about somebody. And it's very important with Farmstrong, you know, we're talking about wellbeing, we want to encourage people to improve their wellbeing. If we do come across people that are really struggling, you're really struggling, you need that professional help, that we signpost to the, the relevant organisations, whether it's NHS or RSABI, 
So as we go forward, we're building strong partnerships with other organisations as well. So we can do that. Talking there about the likes of RSABI, how does Farm Strong Scotland fit in with them? You know, I'd kind of read some of the press releases that it's like a preventative thing almost. So people taking earlier control, possibly before they're feeling overwhelmed or depressed or or whatever it is. Is that an, an accurate description that Farm Strong's to be a preventative thing? Yeah, we've all got well-being. So yeah. no matter where we are in terms of that, that, that scale, and the scale's been used in New Zealand, and it's a, it's quite interesting that they've been described as mental health being minus five to zero and well-being being zero to plus five. Now, from my own perspective, I'll float between probably minus two and plus three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. And I... I at times throughout the calendar year, I might struggle a little bit. And I need to think about it, stop for a minute, and actually, well, what do I need to do to make sure I get myself positive side of the line again? Now, throughout the year, I need to be making deposits into my well-being piggy bank to making sure that that's at a decent level. So when I find myself slipping into the negative, I can I can do that. I can get myself into positive again. We're very much complementary to the work that RSABI does, and there will be. You know, if you can think of two circles, there's going to be a little bit of overlap in the middle there. Where we're speaking to them about that and how we can come together and actually work with them to collectively tackle that middle section. Yeah, it, it's it's a space that when we when we looked at it to start with, there was really nothing happening there in terms of that well-being space. But yeah, very much preventative, making sure that we all think about how we can get more from life and and, and lead a lead a happier, healthier life and live longer. Investing in well-being investing a little the other thing i would add to that and it's certainly for me one of the really important things for farmstrong is that it is relatable to people within the industry mm-hmm. you know, we we hear it very often in the industry it tends to be more agricultural practice oh well that's fine for them doing that but we can't do this because of xyz and you know that's the that's the same with farmstrong it's it's all very well that that person can go for a, you know, spend an hour a day on their bike because, you know, of X, Y, and Z. I can't do that because. So, you know, we have to be able to tell those stories of how people are really looking after their well-being, um, depositing into their well-being piggy bank, and so that it is shown that it is achievable for people to do. And and also that it's acceptable for people to do and you know, break down this um, stigma that we have to be up at five o'clock in the morning and in bed at eleven o'clock at night, having stopped for half an hour for our lunch and not much else. We've got to have those conversations about how looking after ourselves is a is a positive step for ourselves and for for our businesses and the people around us. But just to give a looking out for other people, a couple of thoughts on that. Um, you know, one of the first signs on, on a farm of somebody's struggling is you drive past the road end and you see their stock maybe look, not looking quite as well as they as they have done. I think that's just that reaching out and actually asking if they're okay or having to think about who's the right person to ask if they're okay. When you ask someone if they're okay, and this came from, a, please excuse the name drop, but as a, as a rugby fan, I got the chance to meet Sam Whitelock because he's the, he's the, the at the time was All Blacks captain in the November tour last year and he was across and he's the Farmstrong ambassador of New Zealand. He's so passionate about Farmstrong and farming. He said, when you ask someone, are they okay? They'll say, yeah, I'm fine. He said, ask again and leave it 25 seconds and don't fill the space. 
and wait. And that's when they'll actually start to speak to you about whatever might be troubling them. Firestorm's not here for that critical support, but sometimes these conversations will come up and there'll be learnings from Farmstrong that we can share with others that will maybe help them through these difficult situations, whilst also, as I said before, signposting them to the relevant organisations. I think a lot of people would find that difficult to start that sort of conversation and and feeling that they might be opening a can of worms or something. But I think that's a good tip about leaving a pause just to, to let the person respond properly rather than just brushing it off, yeah, I'm fine. One of the really exciting things about the Farmstrong and, and this space is that in the last five years since we've five years we've been looking at, we've had lots happen with COVID, etc. But we have all, as an industry, we've become more comfortable about talking about how we feel. You know, I will talk to Jock about my how I feel, my well-being a lot. I'll talk to others, I'll open up, I'm struggling, I'll speak to someone. And now, we would have done that five years ago. We wouldn't have done it probably two years ago. The, the space is changing and it's really exciting because men and women are actually much more comfortable talking about things that before they kept very close and didn't really share and maybe no one else would know about it apart from their partner or so it's really helpful that we are out there you know discussing these feelings you know you go to a monitor farm meeting in the future we might be talking about drench resistance rotational grazing weight gain and cattle and well-being that'll just be slipped in alongside all the other topics it'll be normal yeah i think that's important isn't it weaving it into part of your normal life and then people will accept it so how difficult have each of you found it to sort of try and fit the extra five steps in now that you're consciously thinking of this connect, give, take notice, keep learning, be active? Maybe subconsciously before you were you know, already being active, you know, with your involvement with rugby or whatever sports you do. But are you now consciously thinking about those five steps? You both talked about your well-being piggy banks. So are you kind of ranking each thing? As, you know, are you taking time out to think, OK, I'm not feeling great. Maybe I need to connect with someone or maybe I need to go to a meeting to learn something new are you actively doing it that way or are you is it more of a subconscious thing it depends what it is so for me some things will be subconscious if i'm really struggling with something the proactive conscious step i will take is to try and go for a walk um you know just take the dogs and and go for a walk and actually in that process what i will find myself doing is is taking notice of things Hopefully it's positive stuff you're taking notice of. You know, for for some reason at the moment, it's it's one of the one of the things that I keep seeing at the moment is beetles uh, when I'm going out on my walks. And that's it's a silly little thing like that, which is just quite fun, but it distracts you from from what you're doing. Because I'm struggling to walk at the moment, the other thing that I actually do now is I I've got a jigsaw puzzle out. So if I can't go for a walk and I need to go and take my mind off something, I'll go and do that jigsaw puzzle. And it's great because for five, 10 minutes, you're just solely absorbed in that activity that you're not thinking about all the grunge that's going on or the thing that's bothering you. And then you can do that for a bit and then just go back and face the task that was bothering you or deal with the situation that was that was bothering you. So some things, I'm doing proactively. Some things are just a result of what I'm doing day to day. It's a mixture of both. It's interesting. We haven't really talked about the take notice one. So for you, John, what would a take notice thing be to help improve your well-being? 
we're really lucky in that we farm some interesting country and we've got a, a block of ground that we, we lease in Sutherland at the moment and it overlooks Loch Fleet. And I think if you want to get away, you turn the phone off, you're up there and maybe on a Sunday morning you pick the papers up and the, the way north you might grab the hot chocolate and you just go and you sit and just read the papers and look at Loch Fleet and watch the world go by. Another thing for me taking notice is just that, that early morning time spent looking at cattle, just walking through cattle. We breed beef short turns. We've spent the last 30 years building up this herd. And we really get a lot from it. Dad gets a lot from it. Next generation, James, he's interested in breeding cattle. And you know, that for me is, is pretty special, just stopping and, and taking notice for a while. We've invested heavily in the farm over the last few years in terms of the infrastructure and just been out there and enjoying what we've done and where our farm is at the moment is fantastic. I think it's interesting that both of you gave examples that were sort of non-digital. It's taking that time away from screens and possibly switching your phone off and, and spending time in nature. And I think if people have the opportunity to to spend a bit of time in nature, that does wonders for the soul, doesn't it? Definitely. And also, I'm nowhere, nowhere near got this right yet, but I'm absolute mile away. This is a long-term, this is like a, turning a big big ship i'll have really good weeks where i'll be swimming two or three times a week i'll go to the gym a couple of times a week i'll be feeling fantastic by friday and for some reason you're not in that same groove the following week and it's just it's just learning it's adapting your body to change it takes i think it's 60 something days for a body to pick up a new habit this is a thing that mark gascoigne on his tour talked about he's very much into cold water therapy and would have a cold shower for a minute every day and I've tried it a little bit it is pretty cool but really to, to get that to really work you've got 60 days to change the habit it's not a quick fix you've got to pick up little things that you can make a difference with and just gradually find more I like what you were saying there John about the sort of cold water swimming and the the cold showers there's been a lot of that is a um, Wim Hof method isn't there there's been a lot of sort of trend well-being things and that's all making its way into the you know radio shows and podcasts and tv so there's lots of different things that you can try but I think what was key about what you were saying there is that it's 60 days to change a habit and it might take a bit of time to make it a habit but it's worthwhile in the end definitely I think the Kiwis talk about finding out what works for you and lock it in so what works for me and what works for Jock will be different things but once we find out what it is we, we lock it in and when we talk about it to other people well it maybe does inspire people to think about what might work for them and it might not be what works for you. It could be something completely different. It's the, it's the results really that we're looking for and those those changes. What are the next steps for Farm Strong Scotland then, John? By the time you're listening to this, folks, we will have our team in place. We'll have our staff team in place, which will include a programme director, somebody as a community specialist and somebody as a, in a coordinator role so that we're taking the pressure off the, um, the steering group where we can actually really move forward, start delivering and, and be out there in the communities and actually making a difference. We've got somebody appointed for communications and marketing. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just letting it roll out. We, we've got that backup from New Zealand. We've got Gerard, who's the programme director there, and he's involved helping from a distance, and he will be back over again to do a bit more training with us. And it's just letting it, letting it grow and letting it flourish, hopefully, throughout the country. Um, and that network grows. We've had a lot of people come forward and offer to help with this programme, which is fantastic. And with our, our staff team in place, we can actually now act, action that and get them involved on a regional basis. It's really exciting. It, it's it's taken a bit of time to get to this stage, but now that we're, we're there and 
with the support of many. It, it's fantastic. We've had, and I don't know if I can name check anyone on here if you want name check, but November and November and NFU Mutual have been fantastic supporters amongst others to date. So if farmers are wanting to find out more about Farm Strong Scotland or be involved or become a supporter, where can they find out more? We have the Farm Strong Scotland website, which is in development at the moment for more content in the first stages. Um, maybe look at the Farm Strong New Zealand website um, and a quick, quick Google search will get you to both of those. We're currently in the process of building this and hopefully by the time the podcast is out, it will be built. So we'll be looking at telling people's stories through through that website, through social media, because that's how we're, we're going to help is telling people's stories so that people can relate to what's going on. So that's the next steps there. The storytelling is vital as Jock mentioned there, you know, from a, since we were small, we've always, as kids, everybody enjoys stories. And, and reading about and listening to other farmers in other parts of the world and other parts of this country talk about their experiences with well-being and what they've gained from Farmstrong is so important. So you won't miss Farmstrong in the next few weeks, next few months. It'll be at every turn, online, in printed press, on the radio, we'll be there. That's fantastic. I think what you're both doing is brilliant. It's a, an excellent initiative and had great success in New Zealand. So uh, we wish you all the best with getting everything set up. And as you say, by the time this podcast goes out, hopefully everyone listening will be familiar with Farmstrong Scotland and we can keep spreading the word. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Agriculture. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find our contact details in the show notes. If you'd like to learn more about the five steps to well-being, or if you're in a position to support them, you can find a link to Farm Strong Scotland in the show notes. This episode was presented by me, Mary Jane Laurie, produced by Kerry Hammond, and edited by Ross Mackenzie in association with the Scottish Government. The Farm Advisory Service Podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government.